0: and and say, eh, it's not me. The Bible says I am blessed. The Bible says He was made poor that I may become rich. The Bible says I am not weak. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. Hey! Go ahead and reign in life. Go ahead and move mountains. Go ahead and jump. Go ahead and win. Go and make lots of progress in life. Why? It's possible. You are listening to our podcast by Senior Pastor of the Life Free Church, Prophet Gomesio Shamani. Today we're going to continue with our series on identity. Last week we started talking about uh, our identity in Christ and While we were stressing on that subject matter, one of the things that we really wanted to emphasize is that you who's a being, a human being, has an identity just like every other creation. The only difference is that unlike any other creation, you who is a human being has the capacity to occupy identities that are false, identities that are wrong, but also has the capacity to, to occupy an identity that is right. And we said one of the things that influence us to work in certain identities is because of the engagement of the three things. And these three things is that some things are taught, some things are caught, and some things are sought. So with the things that you are learning, it is possible for you to pick up a certain identity from that. With the things that you are experiencing, such as circumstances and many other things altogether, those are things that you end up picking certain identities just based on the circumstances that you've gone through. And in the same way, the things that you get to seek after, your desires, your natural uh, pursuits sometimes cause you, you know, to take up a certain identity. Now, I did conclude by showing you that our identity, really, at the end of the day, should be sourced from the right place, should be sourced from He that actually gave us life. If we need to find our identity as creation, then we should point ourselves back to the Creator. We shouldn't find identity from fellow creation. We shouldn't find identity from happenings. But our identity needs to be found from our creator. Praise be to God. Now, as I was teaching on this, one of the things I also did express is to show you that it has been Satan's agenda to really attack mankind from a place of identity. It has always been his agenda to attack mankind from a place of identity. You know, the Bible tells us that lest Satan takes advantage of us, that should be Second should be 2 Corinthians 2.14, somewhere there, or 2.11. Yeah. The Bible tells us lest Satan takes advantage of us, the Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices we are not ignorant of what he is able to do in short we are not ignorant of his tricks his strategies so satan has got same strategies the bible tells us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and other things then it also goes to tell us that put on the armor of god that you'll be able to withstand the strategies so one of the things that satan takes an advantage over the lives of many is how he implements his strategies But one of the things you also need to understand is that his his strategies are consistent. Same old tricks. You go to the first century, same old tricks. You go to the uh, 2000 BC, 2000 AD, same strategies. And at the end of the day, you and I need to come to a place where we are able to devise or expose such strategies that we are not Taken advantage of and one of the strategies he uses against mankind is to question and find out whether you know your identity or not because if you do not know your identity then him coming to knock on the door of your life will usher you into failure and that's why in genesis chapter number three and in luke chapter number four we see satan use the same strategy both on eve and on jesus christ why did he use that strategy and what was he doing in that strategy he was seeing whether these people knew their identity quickly in genesis chapter number three and verse two the bible shows us how satan or the serpent begins to speak to eve and begins to question Uh, what she knows about herself and what does the bible say and the bible says and the woman said to the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden next verse but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden god has said you shall not eat it nor you shall touch it lest you die all right next verse then the serpent said to Huh? you will surely, or you will not surely die. And what does he begin to do? He begins to explain. Next verse. For God knows that in, that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will become, or you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He is revealing to her that if you partake of this, there is a certain realm of an identity that you are going to take up. So, in that moment, Eve now has an identity crisis. She's wondering, hmm, are there things that I, I don't know about? And so, from curiosity, she eats of that. In Luke chapter number four, starting from this two, maybe one, I don't know, one, maybe two, yeah. The Bible says, being tempted for 40 days by the devil, in those days, he ate nothing and afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. Next verse. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, what is he doing? He's questioning identity. If you are The son of God do this. So we see two results that happens to someone who knew their identity and to someone who did not know their identity. What was written of Eve and Adam? The Bible says they fell. What was written of Jesus? The Bible says he retained in the power of the Spirit. So somebody that knows their identity in God, we will always live an advantaged life than one who doesn't know themselves. So many failures are traced to identity issues. Glory to God. Ask your neighbor, do you know yourself? Very, very important. Now, if we have established that the fall of many is because of identity issues and the rising and the empowerment of many is due to identity establishment, then let's get to a place where we now dive into digging to the truth about our identity. In John rather in Colossians chapter number 3 and 3 the Bible shows us something that will help you and I discover and dig deep into our identities all right let's do this let's do this can I have let me just have this can we read together one two three let's go for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What? Your life is what? Your life is what? Where is it hidden? No, with Christ in God. Alright. It says your life is hidden with Christ in God. Alright. I believe you are all able to see this, right? What's this? It's a sweet. There is something inside, right? What's it? It's hidden. Hello? It's hidden. So, what what do you need to do to access this suite? You need to open it. Isn't that so? It simply means, listen, I'm just trying to show you something. If your life is hidden with Christ in God, then that simply means everything about you is in God. Your identity is in God. Your progress is in God. Everything about you is in God. But if you don't know it, and you say it's also hidden, who do you need to find first? You need to find God first. Because if you find God... And interact with God. Then you can have access to this. You will know that I am green. So even you, you need to find yourself. But the only way you need to find yourself is find yourself in whom you are hidden in. But as long as you are, as long as, listen. That's why, listen, listen to this. That's why you can't allow Satan to give you an identity when he can't see who you really are. Because if, if Satan wants to know who you are, he needs to access God. If he wants to know who you really are, he needs to access God. Amen and amen. That's why you can't allow your neighbor to define your identity. You can't allow circumstances to define your identity. Because your identity is in God. Hidden. Yes. He that dwells in the sacred place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah, under the wings, under the coverings of the Almighty. Hidden in God. Everything about you. I'm taking you somewhere. That's why in John 14. (laughs) Verse 20. John 14 and verse 20. Jesus is speaking to the people. And look at what he begins to say. He says in that day. You will know. That I am in my father. And you in me. And I in you. I know it's too hot to dig deep in John. <laughs> He's saying that day. Don't worry. You're going to know. You're going to know that me I'm in my father. Then you are in me. And I in you in short he's revealing a very interesting analogy the analogy he's introducing is that he is in us and we are in him all right he is in us somebody say he is in us and you are in and i am in him well i may not really dig deep explain he is in us because what we want to what we want to focus on is what we want to focus on is I am in him because we're talking about identity but one of the things you need to at least one of the things that can help you understand this analogy is is something very special you know, these this treasure, these this people who go treasure hunting and, and whatsoever, they have treasure chests and whatsoever, they will find a chest like this. And when they have that box, have you noticed the box sometimes does not necessarily look even attractive, but open it, you are going to find gold. You are going to find all pieces of jewelry and many other things altogether isn't that so now one of the revelations we can understand from this scripture i am in god and god is in us simply is to show us that if i am in god i am god's treasure and if god is in me he is my treasure amen and amen yes it's it simply means To whoever is the audience, we need to find that treasure. If you want to find Gomezio, God's treasure, you need to find him in God. But do you know what? People also need to find God. Okay. Through you. Alright, but now, let's, 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 let's talk about God in us, or rather, me in God. Amen and amen. Jesus said, I am in you, and you in God. Then, in the next chapter, chapter 15, in verse 4, he, he continues saying this to the people. He says, abide, stay in me. And I in you. Then he goes on to say, "As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide what in me." All right, we we'll understand as we as we are reading. Next verse. The first thing he says is stay in me then he says a branch cannot do anything unless it is connected to its vine or abides in the vine then Jesus now reveals this, he says I am the vine and you are the branches he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit For without me, you can do nothing. Next next verse. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now, children of God, the Bible has showed us that you and I, have our lives hidden inside of God. Now, if our lives are hidden inside of God, this is where we find our relevance. This is where we find our identity. This is where we find our purpose. And without this vine, without being in God, we cannot really express ourselves the way we are supposed to do so. We cannot really walk in our identity. So, what should be our approach in doing so? Because many of us want to find out who we are. We really want to know, yes, NRC is showing this and that. But what is my relevance in Christ? How can I discover who I am? And I've shown you the secret. If you want to find yourself, you first need to find what? God. And these are the ways where I want to show you how to find God. So, how should we find God? In in, in Ephesians chapter number one, it should be verse sixteen, the Apostle Paul shows us a very interesting formula. All right, uh, I want three people. I want three people. Any three people, quickly. Three, yeah, you can come. Even you, you can come, host. Anyone? Yeah, you can also come. Alright. I could need another one. Maybe just come this side so that they are able to see. Listen. Paul is talking to the people. And he's saying, Ine, I cease not to give thanks for you. And I make mention of you in my prayers. Next verse. What is he praying for them? He says that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge in the knowledge somebody say knowledge the knowledge of him then it says that your eyes okay right order you come now so paul is praying for him all right. And imagine this is God. Yeah. So Paul is praying for him. And the first prayer is, I'm praying for you to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Go back. It says like that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge him have you noticed it didn't say the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you or yourself it says you first need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him who the one you are hidden in God Ah. you will then understand that before you know yourself it is vital to know God If you want to know yourself without God, you will never know yourself. Isn't it interesting that Daniel testified? He says, they that know their God shall be what? Why didn't he say, they that know themselves? So, his, you, your prayer is that you receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Come here. God, Sir, sorry, sir. In the knowledge of him, So, you need to know Him. It's interaction. Constantly. I need to know God. Next verse. Next verse. That the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. That you may know his purposes. And guess what? You are found in his purposes. So first of all, you know him. Then you know his purposes. Where you are. Are you seeing that? Then it says, hmm. So you, you are, now the, you are now the hope of his calling. This is where you are hidden now. This is where Kapembo is. Kapembo is not Kapembo is not here. You are not here. You are here. But first, you need to access God. After you access God, you will know the hope of His calling over your life. Here. Yeah. Then you will know Ah. No kuoko kueno listen before you go to before you even go to i am surely placed you need to understand his hand so you you can't you can't you can't jump god tell somebody you can't jump god you can't jump god many of you want to know yourself but you want to jump god You can't. Amen and amen. Then remember Jesus said, the one who doesn't abide in me is thrown away. Do you know what that means? Why some people find identities without God is just a sign that those who are thrown away or those who are just available in the space are people with no vines. There are branches with no vines. What is the purpose of a branch without a vine? It's to be burnt. Nimalasha, firewood. Or for a dog to play with. Fetch. Yes. So you'll find that if God is aside and you want yourself without God, In short, finding yourself without God is finding a branch without a vine. So yes, you can even be doing things. (laughs) But fire is cooking. Mm. I'll be speaking a lot of mysteries, so that's why I prayed for understanding. After you know the hope of His calling over your life, then it says, What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? So the next are riches. You know So there is God, the calling, there is riches. So you first, you want to know who you are. You want to know who you are, you should follow a a, a, a system in the kingdom. The Bible says, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. So if you want to know who you are, start by knowing whose you are. Not who you are first. Start by knowing whose you are, then you will know who you are, then you will know what you have. That's why the Bible says that you know the hope of his calling. Then it says, what are the riches of the inheritance of the saints? Then it goes on to say that you may also know the power that is at work. That's the next, yeah. It says that what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards you? You know what you have. You know who you are at the end of the day. So he's giving us a formula. So I'm trying to show you, saints of God, any area of your life that you need to have clarity over your identity, over your vision, over what concerns you. You know who to run to? God. And when you run to God, I know now next, the, the next question is, okay, after I run to God, how do I run to this? And how do I run to that? Ah. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Let me show you. Very easy. Go what? Go to me and I will answer. Who will answer? And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The one who answers is the one who shows. So, if you are saying, okay, I've encountered God. Now, how do I encounter this? Don't worry. The one who is who's answered is the one who will show you this and show you that. All you need to do is position yourself. To do what? To know Him. Praise be to God. Now, how... Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can give them hands. Just encourage them. It's it's not easy. (laughs) Now, how do we encounter God? How do we encounter to know God or interact with God so that we can uh, know ourselves at the end of the day? I'll just give you three points and I'm done. Number one, of the Lord. Somebody say the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is a missing ingredient in many people's lives. It's, it is a godly re- reverence that allows you to encounter God. Have you Have you observed Whether you go to a chiefdom or whether you've seen many people approach kings, have you noticed? You will never, ever approach a king with a with a certain kind of posture. When you go to the chiefdoms, have you noticed what they do? You find that when the kudiba chief, they will tell you. What do they tell you? They will tell you remove your shoes. They will tell you if it's raw on the floor. If big do a baksama, if it's what, all those are processes of reverence, so that you can access the chief. Listen, by privilege and by the blood of Jesus, we know we have access to God. But that privilege does not naturally produce reverence or the fear of the Lord you need to have respect yourself. If, if you come and say, I want to submit to you, pastor, I will not say, respect me. I will not tell you that. I, respect is not imparted. It's developed. Listen. Before. Come, Moses, come. If I am the Lord. Lord. What have I I'm I'm attracting just come from there. Just come from there. I'm at, imagine I'm the burning bush. I'm attracting him. It's like I'm saying, Come, 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 come. Hey, stop there. Remove your shoes. You, no, no, I'm not saying remove it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? I'm what I'm just trying to show you is that God attracted Moses with the burning bush. But when Moses got there, he says, Remove your shoes, this is holy ground. I need reverence. You're not accessing me if you remain with your shoes. More change. Yeah. <laughs> That's why sometimes be careful of things where anyone tells you just be the way you are. Be free. Don't just be free. Have reverence have reverence. Because when there is reverence for God, you will see a certain result. You are not, God is not going to start speaking to you and tell you about things if your shoes are still on. No discussion. No discussion. If your shoes are still on, no discussion. Yet we want people We are becoming people who want to know ourselves and yes i've told you that the the only way to know yourself is to know god but the way they are going to god it's (laughs) your Gaudi, your g your j now we even do acronyms for saying in the name of jesus what is so long in the name of jesus is long for you to say now we say ijn in jesus name i pray for you i j n amen ha oh. <laughs> huh? ah. huh? and the angels are wondering i j n because angels get revelations from us i j n hmm. is this a new like a, a, a bible translation indiana jones or they are wondering Reverence. Proverbs 1 and verse 7. Proverbs 1 and verse 7. I gotta show you this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Mm, guys, we need, to, we need to understand this scripture. There's a problem here the fear of what is the beginning of what what knowledge what knowledge no what knowledge is it general knowledge what knowledge there are types of knowledge ah we've got i've got a problem here how can they fear of the lord if i fear god will i know Nigeria on the atlas, then tell us what knowledge is this? Is it scientific knowledge? No. That's why Paul prayed for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In wisdom, you are guided to become reverent. So, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, is the beginning. So you, your starting point is reverence. So when you have reverence for God, approach Him with reverence. Then you have access to the knowledge of God. Access to Him. And access to the knowledge of your identity. It is the beginning, the fear of the Lord not natural knowledge or general knowledge. Listen, go to places where people are casual and they've, they've the Bible says where two or more are gathered there I am in their midst. Go to places where people are casual. God is there but not there. When I say not there you will not really see a tangible hand. Why? There is no fear of the Lord. Have me. Have you noticed if I preach or before I preach? If I notice on doing praise, you are chewing a gum, you are honoring the lawn like this. When I come here, I will make you pray. I will make you worship. If I'm not satisfied, I'll say ten once. Away, away. Sometimes I say stop. Worship. Nizi open your mouth. Why? The fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the beginning. That's why we see a, a man by the name of Simeon. Uh, this is Luke 2 verse 25. Luke 2 verse 25. There's a man by the name of Simeon. I want you to see what happened to people that feared the Lord. I want you to see people that feared the Lord. Not everyone in the Bible was said this one feared the Lord. Not everyone. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. What was he? Somebody tell me, what was he? A man. Someone say a man. Mm-hmm. This man was just and devote waiting for the consolation of israel and the holy spirit was upon him next verse it had been revealed to him by the holy spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the lord christ next verse and it came that the spirit of the lord Uh, and it came by the spirit into the temple when the parents brought the child to jesus to do for him according to his custom and the law next verse he took him in the arms and blessed god and said lord you are now letting yourself and depart in peace according to your word now simeon okay from verse 25 just go back to verse 25 the bible says this man was a devout man. This man was a God-fearing man. I'm sure in, in one of the uh, revised translations, it says God-fearing. It says, this man was a God-fearing man. Now, it's very interesting. It's not revealing a title. It's not revealing what office he was occupying. It just called him a man. And the fact that he was devout and God-fearing, the Holy Spirit says, you, you will not die until you see Jesus. You will not die. So he was even quite odd. Yeah. The Bible says, he was a good, God-fearing man. And was waiting for Israel to be saved. Very devout man. Only afterwards, we see that this man Simeon, he was actually one of the first people to actually hold Jesus. And he held Jesus and says, Father, I have now seen your salvation. You may now dismiss your servant in peace. The fear of the Lord will expose you to a reality of God. Will expose you to the knowledge of God. Okay, I've got a question. I want to ask you a question. Okay? I want us to read. Please go on. Please. We've seen that he's God-fearing, right? Please, go to the next verse. The Holy Spirit had assured him that he would not die before he had seen the promised Messiah. Next verse. I want you to ask, answer this question. Then it says, led by the Spirit. Simeon went into the temple when his parents brought the child Jesus into the temple to do for him what was required of the law. So it, it, at this time, Jesus is now, two, is now about eight days old. Okay? Because what he is going to do here is, is, is some ceremonious law. Okay, next verse. Simeon took the child in his arms and gave thanks to God. Next verse. He says what? Now, Lord, you have kept your promise, and you may let your servant go in peace. How did Simeon know this is the Messiah? How do you know this is a Messiah? Eight days, baby. the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the knowledge of God. That's why the Pharisees understood, knew the law, but never had the fear of God. They never had the fear of God and even when Jesus was in old age, they couldn't know that he's the Messiah because they had no fear of God. They couldn't tell. They couldn't tell, ah! But the guys read scripture. They read. But no reverence. No reverence. The fear of the Lord is a missing ingredient. In many people's lives. In Acts chapter number 10 and verse 2. There is another man. He is a Gentile. By the name of Cornelius. He was a religious man. We'll get to us to Get get back to NKJV. Okay. Yeah, there was a man in Caesarea by the name of Cornelius. And he was a centurion of of the Italian regiment. Next verse. A devout man. Some word which was used for uh, Simeon. A devout man and one Who feared God, not alone, with all of his household. Listen. (laughs) Study the Bible. You will know. Because he and all of his household feared God. The first Gentiles the Holy Spirit came upon was him, not alone, and his household that feared God. The first. Okay, he's listen. Listen. He's he fears God. But you know, during that time, the Jewish time, they believed the message was only for the Jews. And this guy is a Gentile. But he still fears God. He honors God. Now, he also gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Now, let's go next. Next verse. About the ninth hour, he saw clearly listen, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of the Lord coming to him saying, Cornelius So what is is the angel doing, next verse when he observed him, he was afraid and he says, what is it Lord, and he said to him, your prayers and arms have come as a memorial before God then he says, now go and look for Peter now, listen this man was God-fearing, and because he was God-fearing, God decided to reveal himself to the Gentiles through a people that were God-fearing. Reverence, reverence, respect, honor, that's reverence. That's reverence. Do you know, you can measure your reverence in many ways, a lot of ways actually. How you how you how you pray, you can measure your reverence. Do you know there are certain people, they can't just pray anyhow. Some of you pray as if you're sleeping in a coffin. You've even covered your blankets like this, <laughs> covered yourself. Notice, I'm not say, I'm not I'm not saying that is wrong or whatsoever. I'm just saying sometimes how you pray can show whether you have reverence or not. Let's, let's intercede. Or let's, let's pray unto God and thank Him for today's goodness. Father God, we thank you. We are... The rest, you find they are standing and they are thanking Him like this. No, I honor you. Another one is like this. We don't go anger. Hey, as I was saying, Lord, uh, eh, eh, where were we? But some of you even zone out in your prayer time. Three minutes, Wambutamba highlights. Who's showing you those soccer highlights? butamba ball. Ronaldo. Yo. Oh, most high God. You are the greatest of them all. Oh. Eh? Eh, they're good. <laughs> yeah. Reverence. Yeah. It's, it's, it's serious. Even in the house of the Lord, there is demand for certain reverence. It can't be always you. Your phone is ringing. Please, if you have time, put your phones on silent or on airplane mode uh, so that you do not be distracted in the service. We are just giving you a moment to check for that. After five minutes, na chape. Ring 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 kuyola point. Reverence. too fast (laughs) reverence will help you reverence will help you greatly to know God so begin to modify your heart How do I approach God? Do I have reverence? Do I honor him? Do I have the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is not that I am scared. No, it's honor. It's honor. Unfortunately, unfortunately, sometimes man only loves to practice it on fellow men. So you find that I seek, I am here. I a Kapembo. Ah, how are you, Papa? You know, okay. I'm I'm I'm, show, I'm showing reverence, but even though I'm I'm really showing him reverence. Oh, well, the only thing I can receive from him is a prophet's reward. But I need to have utmost reverence unto the lord in everything why because i am not hidden in papa i am hidden in god i'm hidden in god yes your papa can tell you when i see your life is like an open book but he doesn't have the book and he didn't write it. Not only he can't also change it. Amen and amen. Ah, Yes. So there has to be reverence unto the Lord. Ah, no. It's very serious. When was the last time you kneeled before God? You are coming to kneel to us. Stand up, go and kneel before the Lord. Amen and amen. Yes. Hmm? Reverence is, is even in how you receive, even how you receive rebukes from God can show that you have reverence. There's someone who once told me off. I never anymore. I felt it, I felt the anointing to command bears, I I I could, I was about to, <laughs> no problem, just remove you from the groups and shine, yeah, yeah. shine, I was about to, and the Lord said, just help her, and I said, yes sir, I didn't like it, but I said, yes sir, <laughs> reverence, but do I have to? Yeah, okay. Don't no, don't no need to answer that question. Yes, sir, Lord, I I hear you. I'm driving one day, someone is driving a certain way, and I'm like, hello. He says, ah 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 ah. I say, sorry, sir. Reverence. Sometimes the Lord gives you counsel, and you're offended with God. I'm angry at God. Okay, go and bite him. If you can. <laughs> I'm angry. Valumen. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Here is his hand bite. <laughs> I'm offended. How can he allow that guy to come into my heart to break me? Ah, I didn't know God was keeping the keys for your heart. <laughs> Reverence. Ah. One day I'm going to teach on the fear of the Lord in detail. And I want us to begin to practice it. And we'll, we'll teach it corporately, even how to exercise it, both in church and outside. Because that is what pushes us to have encounters with God on a deeper level. Yeah. Number two. don't just revere him, love him as well, now this is a place of intimacy, you got to love him, before even the Bible tells, tells you love your neighbors, you love yourself, it first gives you, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with ever. love the Lord. You have to get to a place to deliberately learn how to love God yeah. you get into a place to love God, you primarily love Him, not for what He's done, but for who He is. That's why even in worship, we're not going to worship God because He's done so many things for us. No. We're going to worship Him because He deserves it. He deserves it. We have to come to a place where we learn how to love God. How He is our heart's desire. How we, you know, get to honor Him. And one of the ways love is in expression is by pursuit. Love loves to pursue. It's Jesus. It's a relentless pursuit. Relentless pursuit. So, you are, you are chasing after God. You are loving him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And as you are doing that, I'm telling you, these are things that will help you have God made known in your life. Someone once asked me, Pastor, I want to know my calling. What is my gift? Where is my ministry? Where is this and that? And I told them, read John 14 verse 21. Very simple. John 14 verse 21. says, he who has my commandments keeps them. It is he who loves me. And it goes on to say, and he, this is Jesus, it says, he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That word manifest means reveal so it says love me and i'm gonna love you back and when i love you i will manifest myself to you i'll reveal myself so if we want to get to learn to encounter god and thereby eventually know our identity we have to be deliberate to know how to love Him. Because when we love Him, He will reveal Himself to us. Amen and Amen. That's love. In Matthew chapter number 16, verse 13 we see a very interesting portion of scripture the Lord Jesus Christ asked a very interesting question and he said who do the people say I am who do the people say I am? Who am I? Who am I to the people? Somehow, when you hear such a question, it doesn't really make sense. Why should Jesus ask? I. What am I known for? Yes, to Jesus, it does make sense because the revelation of him made known to the people is paramount. So he's asking his disciples, who do men say I am? Next verse. So they said, some say you are John the Baptist. Aha. And you see, there's a problem. If you're going to call Jesus John the Baptist, my goodness. Because remember the formula. It's grow in the knowledge of what? Him. Whose you are. Then who you are. Then what you have. So if you have an inaccurate knowledge of him, you're not going to the next level. You know what that means? It simply means even today, people have inaccurate knowledges of Jesus. Now, it's quite interesting. Have you noticed? Jesus has asked, who do the people say I am? None of them said John Cena. They, they talked about a Bible character. But even though they talked about a Bible character, it was inaccurate. Yes. Who do the people say I am? And the Bible says, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah, wow. And others wow. Jeremiah. Yes, man, 29. And then the others say some say one of the prophets. Hmm. So it simply means the people were having an inaccurate knowledge of Jesus. So they can't get to the next level of knowing themselves. So the next verse, he said to them, Who are they, them, the disciples? He says, Okay, that's what the people are saying. But who do you say I am? The ones who follow me. what my name? Who do you say I am? Notice he said to them, next verse. He said to them, but one answered. (laughs) (laughs) And Simon Peter answered. What did I say? He said to who? But how many answered? One. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ. The Son of the living God. Hey. What happened? He got an accurate revelation of Jesus. Next verse. Then Jesus answered and said to what? To what? To him, not to them now. It can't be to them because the others have not got the accurate revelation. So, you who's now got it, let me speak to you. So, he said to him, blessed are you. It simply means, while everyone was still on this place, trying to know, Peter got the revelation of Jesus. So, he should go to the next level, where he knows himself. And then he says to him, blessed are you, Simon Bajona, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Alright. Next verse. And also I say to you that you are Peter. You caught the revelation of me. Now let me give you the revelation of yourself. I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of heads shall not prevail against it. <laughs> so, Peter knows the revelation of Jesus, and it's accurate. So, Jesus should now speak to him about his own identity. And that's how Peter now knows himself. Aha. Uh-huh. So, if you are among the them and you want God to speak to you, do what Peter did. Catch the revelation of Jesus. Yes. That's why Peter is teaching. 2 Peter 3, is it verse 18? 2 Peter 3, 18. Try. Yeah. Look at now what Peter is teaching. What is he teaching? He's saying grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He knows why he's teaching that. Because he once caught a revelation of Jesus and knew about himself. That's why he's telling the people. Now grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory now and forever. When he writes in chapter 2, he's he's still saying the same. Grow in grace. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. In the knowledge of God. He writes again in chapter 1 that uh, he has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness according to the knowledge. Exactly what happened to him We'll rise to our feet and continue next week.